Hey, it's Friday. Thank you for joining us here today. We're back in the book of Psalms, chapter number two, and we're going to finish up Psalms two today. I left you yesterday with the takeaway that when you study the scripture, to be diligent to seek to know the meaning of the passage before you apply it to your life. There is one, what class? What yesterday? One interpretation. Good. And there are many applications, right? Interpretation is what it means. Application is how can I apply it to my life? How can I use that truth in my life? And it's okay to have many applications, but the reason I stress that is because we live in a relative culture to where there's really no absolute truth that people feel comfortable standing on. I say people, uh, in, in, in a church, we stand firmly upon the truth. There are black and white in scripture. There's right and wrong, yes and no. Uh, but in our culture, in our society, for somebody to say, this is my truth, then that's kind of like shutting down the conversation in a lot of ways. Or, or they'll say, hey, for you, that's true. But for me, this is my truth. I mean, what a bunch of hogwash most of the time. Uh, for your truth, your truth, how, how does the universe shift when, when it gets to you? What, what is, what is up? What is down? The law of gravity is, is different now. <laughs> Let's see the, the, the truth is the truth. The word of God is truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17, the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Okay. So the word of God is truth and the word of God doesn't change. When we get to Psalm chapter two, the Bible says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. If you have your Bible, we're in Psalm two, verse eight, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. So that's talking about Jesus Christ possessing the earth one day, physically ruling and reigning over the earth. Satan, when he tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness for those 40 days, one of the things he said was, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Well, Jesus knew and Satan knew it was not time for that yet. You see, uh, Satan was trying to get him to hasten along the will of God when that wasn't time at all. But one day it will be time. Verse nine says, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel for those unbelieving nations. And you've been with us in Revelation. If you go to our church Sunday nights, uh, they, they will be conquered. The wrath of God will execute the justice of God upon sin against God. Now, right now, that is not always evident, but one day it will be. That's why it's important to understand Revelation. That's why it's important to know that the Old Testament for prophecy talks a lot more about Christ's second coming than his first coming. And we know that second coming is going to happen exactly as the the word prophesies because all of the prophecies about Christ's first coming came true exactly as the Lord promised. And it's important to understand that Christ is coming again because it helps our perspective today. If you understand that this is all but for a moment, that life is just a vapor, only what you do for Christ will last, one day all those uh, will, every person will give an account for what he's done with Christ. Everyone who's accepted Christ will give an account for what he did with his body, whether it be good or bad. When you know that this is all coming to an end, when you know that the earth will be melted with a fervent heat and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and Christ will reign, it changes, the Bible says, what manner of conversation ought we all to have? Um, 
Conversation being a lifestyle. It changes what is important to us. So I'll keep reading in Psalm 2. It says, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. That, that means, uh, you know, walk in humility before God. Be wise, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges. Kings think themselves to be pretty powerful. Presidents, prime ministers, um, dictators, they think they are the man. They will stay forever. They will be around forever. When you look at the ancient Egyptians, they sure thought that, that they would be reigning in the afterlife when they died. All of their servants were forcibly killed after them and put to death or put to laid to rest right there in the same tomb. And somebody with a little bit of power can get pretty prideful. Somebody with a little bit of money, somebody with a little bit of authority in life or something can get uh, prideful in their walk. But you and I, no matter what God has given us to steward here on earth, we've got to be wise and be instructed and have the right perspective. Verse number 11 of Psalm 2 says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. That word fear means having an awe, a respect, a reverence towards God. It doesn't mean that you're terrified of God, but you don't lose sight of who God is. You know, God is not just a, a pocket Jesus, a genie that you pull out whenever you want something. And when you go to pray to the Lord, you say, hey, it's me. I know I've not talked to you in a while. And it's not like the preacher that says, just come down to the altar and call Jesus your dude. And, and like that blasphemous, you know, God is worthy to be praised. He is the king of the universe. He created everything from nothing. And he sent forth his only begotten son, who's the express image of his person to save our sins. If, if we have any attitude towards God, it should be wisdom and service with fear uh, and rejoice with trembling. So, so that being said, we should still rejoice. I would say that the Stancil family verse, theme verse, is Psalm 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Uh, serve the Lord with gladness. It is awesome to serve God. I happen to get to serve God full time. And of course, with that, it means my wife does as well. My children do as well. I'll often have somebody with me here at work. I'll take somebody with me on a visit. And it's nice to have a built-in ministry team. And we serve the Lord. And it is no bummer to serve the Lord. It is awesome to serve God. I feel bad for these ministry families where every time you get around them, the pastor and his wife is talking about the latest trial. I just had somebody from Samaritan's Purse call our church thanking us for recent gift we made as uh, they're offering humanitarian aid and most importantly, far more importantly, uh, gospel aid, giving the gospel to people who are affected by different things. And they and the she said, "Is there anything that we can pray for you about?" And I thought, "Well, there's a ton of things happening in our church and then in the individuals' lives." But I would I would say just just pray for us. Um, and she said, "How is everything going?" And I said, "Man, it's going great. The church is doing great." And and uh, and you know, just praising the Lord. And she said, "That is that is wonderful." She said, "I can't tell you how many pastors I call." And she, she's over, uh, I guess, a, a general area in the southeast of, of church relations. And so I can't tell you how many pastors I call, and, and they say it's, uh, it's a burden. It's uh, quite drudgery. There's so many people that have left because of COVID, and, and people just aren't faithful. And, and I, you look, people are always going to be people. 
uh, people are uh, perhaps going to fall out of church and and uh, and maybe they're at a, a different stage of their spiritual growth. But but I thank God that our church is is going strong. But even if it wasn't, even if there was just ten people that came Wednesday night, and and even if everybody was against the pastor and they thought his 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 wife was too grumpy and his kids were too unruly and the pastor was too loud, even if all that were true, I'd still serve the Lord with gladness because He is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of everything. He's worthy of my pitiful little vapor of a life that God's entrusted me with. And my kids are absolutely not going to grow up having a resentment towards ministry because daddy was always unhappy and mommy was always complaining and mommy was always nagging how the ministry is too burdensome and daddy was always complaining and how the deacons were too mean. And well, that might be, no, no, I'm just kidding. But they're, they're not going to hear about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I say, we're going to serve the Lord with gladness and you might not serve the Lord full time. You're not a, a paid pastor or assistant pastor or something, but, but you know what you are called to do is still serve the Lord and, and to do that rejoicing and rejoice with trembling, remembering who the Lord is, remembering the power of God, never losing sight of that, losing sight of his authority, his wisdom, his His infinite love, yet his infinite justice and his infinite wrath against sin. Verse number 12, the last verse of Psalms 2, kiss the son, lest he be angry. That's a S-O-N, capital S, talking about the Lord. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, it's talking about the kings of the earth, uh, uh, talking to, excuse me, the kings of the earth, lest he be angry and he perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. That might sound a little funny, but that kiss is a, is a term of affection and submission. It's an act of affection and submission. It is surrender and worship. That's what that means. Now we know that God has committed all judgment to the son. We know that from John 5, 22. It will be by the, the worship, the trust of the son that you and I are judged one day. Now I said before he came as a gentle shepherd. Secondly, he'll be coming next. When he comes again, he'll be coming as a conquering king. And the last part of verse 12 says, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. What a difference between somebody who puts their trust in in the Lord and the person that rejects the Lord. There's a huge difference. If you've rejected Christ, you will receive pain and suffering and anguish justly for your sin. But with that simple act of repentance and submission and belief in Christ, trusting Christ for salvation, you become the friend of God. You go from enemy to friend with a simple act of faith. That simple belief, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the truth, my friends. Have you trusted Christ? Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And if you have trusted Christ, why don't you show the world a happy Christian today? Don't be down in the dumps. Show them what it means to be a Christian. Rejoice because blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Lord, I pray that we would serve the Lord with gladness. We would rejoice because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. I pray that you give us a good weekend, a good day on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen.